Welcome to the Creative Homeschool Podcast. In this podcast, I'm coming at you to deliver you a weekly dash of creativity to make your homeschool exciting for your kids, but for you too. We're going to explore all of the different ways to creatively homeschool. Games, field trips, unit studies, writing activities, kid businesses, art, and more. I'm your host, Julie Soule, longtime homeschool mom, shenanigan enthusiast, espresso drinker, and founder and co-owner of Soul Sparklets Art. I've helped thousands add creativity and joy to their homeschool, and I'm ready to help you too. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome back to the Creative Homeschool Podcast. Today we're talking about planning. This is the part that seems to strike a lot of fear into many homeschoolers. It can feel really, really big because deep down we're worried about, are we getting everything in? Are we leaving anything important out? Even if we're the type of homeschooler who is sitting here thinking, I do not want to recreate public school, we still kind of wonder if our kids are going to be okay as their parents. You know, we want to make sure that they're getting in the education that they need, whatever that education can be. And that's even for our unschooling friends. So I wanted to talk about planning today. And we're talking about the big picture of planning here. So not necessarily the nitty gritty of what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, but just five ways you can think about your school year. Now, as I'm talking about these, and as I was writing these down, I was sitting here thinking, about how many times I have switched the type of plan that I wanted to do. It, it's a lot. So I want you to know that you're not alone if you've tried one of these and switched to another and switched back again and then switched back again. I've tried a lot of different things, but I think that's one of the beautiful things about homeschool. We don't have to remain rigid into a certain type of plan. If we find something's not working for us, we can change it. We don't have to worry about the administrative nightmare that it could be to change a curriculum that's not working like my public school teacher friends have to go through. So let's start with the whole idea of this. You should have some kind of plan. Now, I know unschoolers are sitting here thinking, I'm not having a plan, or at least some of you are, but you can have a plan too, because your plan for the year is to follow your kids' interests, to help them explore their passions. And that can be your plan for the year. You can have something that's really rigid. You might have to report days and you really have to make sure that you're getting those counts in. Or you might have a loose plan such as we're going to do math four days out of the week. We're going to do art twice. We're going to do science three times. You know, that kind of a plan. But going into it, sometimes you hear about vision boards and sometimes it's a really good idea to sit down and think what would a good school year look like? What are five things that would need to happen for me to count this as a success? When we start homeschooling throughout the year, it's really, really, really easy to get caught in the whole idea that we're not doing enough or we're not doing it right. But if you can have something to refer back to, some kind of vision, like I said, you can cut it out of magazines if you want, you can draw it, you can write it, but have something to refer back to So, you know, maybe that's amount of field trips. Maybe that's you want to, you know, go to a couple of places. Maybe you want to make sure that this is the year that you actually get through that math workbook where you've really struggled with that in the past. But have some kind of vision in mind so you can know when you hit success and you're not only celebrating your kids getting through a year of homeschooling, but you're celebrating yourself too. So let's just go over five of the basic types of plans you can do for the year. 
And once again, I'm outside. If you can hear the crows and the blue jays going on, lawnmowers just finally had a rain. Feels kind of nice to be out here and to be able to talk with you today. So the first one is unschooling. This is a kind of homeschool planning. We're following interests and passions. Now, this is what the idea that kids are going to pick up on what they're the most passionate about. This is about teaching real life skills. So, you know, learning math at a store or when kids just suddenly want to learn about something following that. So my oldest right now is into growing mushrooms. You would think that she wants to eat them, but that's not actually what's going on. She's decided that she wants to collect mushrooms, but clearly they will decompose after a while. So she's decided to learn about not only growing mushrooms in her room, like golden oysters and pink oysters and button mushrooms, and she is drying them. And then she's learning how to resin dip them so that she can save all of these. Now, she's always liked mushrooms, not 100% sure where all of this came from. But you know, that's a part of what makes unschooling beautiful, that following the interests and leaving room for those interests. So that is a way of planning. Now, that might be the opposite of what you want, because you think, that's not going to help me feel successful because I'm really going to worry I'm going to miss something. So if that's the case, then this year, a form of a box curriculum or a curriculum that's done for you is probably the best thing for you. So this is going to tell you what to do day by day or week by week. And all you have to do is get out the supplies, make sure you have everything there and go and it'll tell you, okay, On Monday, you're going to read these pages for this. You're going to do this handwriting page. Now, a lot of these box curriculums come with everything but math. So often you have to add on a math curriculum. But for those of you who are really feeling like the planning part is really, really hard, some of the most successful, I don't want to say successful, but the happiest homeschoolers I know just have one of those curriculums that just tells them what to do. So they don't have to worry about any of those types of planning. So boxed doesn't have to come in a box at all. It can be even digital. There's so many good programs out there. Build Your Library and Torchlight and Blossom and Root are ones that I've used personally and recommend, but those curriculums will tell you what to do. Okay, number three, the loop schedule. You might have heard about the loop schedule, and we tried this at one point. And what this is, is it's kind of when you're worried that you're going to miss some of those other things, you know, some of those other things that kids really want to do. Like you're not sure if you're getting in enough science or enough art or enough music. So what you're doing here is you're doing your core classes and your core classes are your language arts and your math usually. And you're kind of rotating the other things on a loop. And so if you have a day where you suddenly are asked to go on a field trip with friends and you miss out, then you just do the next thing on the loop the next day. So if I was doing a loop schedule, that means I do math and language arts today. And the next thing on my list for the loop is art. So I would do art today. Tomorrow, I would do math and language arts. Next thing on the loop is music. So we do music and it kind of go on that front. You can choose what goes on that loop. So usually people choose to have those core, like the language arts and the math happen and then everything else on a loop, but you can do the loop however you want. 
Some people do two loops. I don't know how those of you who do two loops do it or make it happen, but sometimes like Tuesday will be loop A and Thursday will be loop B and there will just be that rotation where you'll be doing something different. But this didn't work out for me personally because my kids love doing art. We do art just about every day. When you have a loop schedule, some of those electives, which kids really tend to love a little bit more, if you're anything like my kids and anything like most of the kids I know, your kids are probably going to love art a little bit more than math or music or, you know, some kind of PE or gym type activity. And when they really want to do those things more often, telling them that they get to do them once a week can be really, really tricky. So you got to work in that loop. You can always move something like art to a core and then loop everything else too. For me, I could never figure out what I wanted to loop, but there are so many homeschoolers who use the loop schedule just beautifully. So that's number three. Number four, a theme. Plan your homeschool around a theme, such as, let's say, ancient civilizations. So that means movies, books, history, geography, writing, music, art, all tie in with that theme. Now, it's hard to get stuff like math in with some of these themes, but you could figure out how to do it. You could teach kids Roman numerals during that particular theme. Now, you don't have to choose a single theme for the whole year. I tend to not do well when I'm told I have to stay with a certain thing all year. You can rotate themes. At one point, we had one theme a month and I would just rotate them. For younger kids, this is a really great way to homeschool. You can really have fun here and get costumes out, you know, learn how to cook certain foods. Doesn't have to be a history thing. You can have robots and underwater and space too. But number four is plan your homeschool around a theme. Number five, and I know this is somewhat similar. I'm kind of a buffet homeschooler myself. I kind of choose a little bit of all of these. You can do that. Just spoiler alert. Number five is begin with a goal in mind. So first, take a look at your school year. Write all the big events down first. So your holidays, your field trips that you really want to go on, any classes, if you're in any kind of partnerships or co-ops or social groups, write all those down. And then look at your free days and start to plan for a rhythm. And if you have to do certain amount of days a school year to, to report, you're going to want to divide up the amount of days and weeks that you need to do into those slots, or you might have a program that you really want to do. So you've chosen a curriculum and there's, you know, 13 weeks of that program, then you might want to divide that up and say that, you know, here's week one, here's week two, and you don't have to choose weeks next to each other. So you could choose to do week one of a 13 week program and then Use the next week to focus on something else. But you're going to want to divide things up into those slots. Now, if you are doing it this way, I want you to remember, allow time for rest and exploration or at certain times of the week for meeting friends. I know that my schedule is getting a little bit crazy already as I plan for the school year, but that Friday is going to be our free day. Does that mean we're going to be doing nothing? Absolutely not. Often we love to do art. Well, we always do art here in my homeschool. But games, sometimes we'll do cooking, we'll make sure that we make time for friends, extra field trips, but that time is set aside just for that. So if someone wants to see us during that week, we make sure that we have that time so we don't lose out on those opportunities too. So those are just five different ways to plan. We have unschooling, boxed, loop themes, and beginning with the goal in mind. But just remember, it is okay to switch back and forth to choose a little bit of everything. I know I call myself a buffet 
homeschooler, choosing a lot of that and none of that, you can change. It's okay. So let me know if this helped you. If you'd like to hear more about some of these schedules, these planning, drop me a note, would ya? At podcast at soulsparklets.com. And I would love to be able to talk about more of these if there's one that interests you or to bring on someone who actually does it this way to talk more about these particular methods. If you'd like to learn more and you'd like to do an even, you know, a definite switch. Okay, everyone, till next time. that are running away from writing instead of toward it, chances are you're feeling a little bit frustrated. But that's because so many writing programs out there have kids writing things like, tell me about your bedroom, instead of things that kids actually want to write. So I'd like to introduce you to the Delicious Diner course. What is it? It's a writing course for kids. It gets them writing effortlessly. They're having fun. They're creating their own delicious diner by marketing, writing help wanted ads, writing recipes, menus, learning about floor plans, writing, grammar, typing, entrepreneurship, and it's all through using Canva. There's even the first section of the course where I'm going to teach kids how to use Canva and how to get started. And if you're not familiar with Canva, you might really like watching it too. Canva is a graphics design software. You can use it completely for free. There is a paid version. You do not need the paid version in order to have fun with this course. But as an introductory offer, We are offering it for $10 off instead of $29. You can grab it for $19. It's a one-time purchase. It's for the entire family. Check the link in the show notes for the link to learn more and sign up and make sure to come hungry.